right, good morning, everyone. Let's stand. Let's open with prayer today. Lord God, we thank you for uh, your presence here today, for bringing us to another um, wet, wild, hot week. And, um, and thanks that you brought us here, and we're going to worship you. We give you praises. We continue the series on fear, and today we talk about fear of failure. God, that we pray that you will be with us. In your name we pray. Amen. Angel armies 
is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. I know who goes before me. good to know? Isn't it good to know? Ain't it good to have some normalcy? There we go. All right. So the cool thing is no matter what's going on, that God has gone before us and goes after us. And that whatever part in our life, we are talking about fear. And today we're going to talk about um, what I think is one of the biggest fears um, and one I struggle with the most, fear of failure. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And a lot of times that kind of, kind of deadens our lives. And so um, this song, I think uh, we, over the last year we got it together, um, grazed in the gardens, and I just, I, I love the song. I think it's awesome, and that's what God wants to do. All right, so let's go. I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. A man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Nothing better than you, Lord, there's nothing. 
Epic, right? All right? Okay, everyone. Um, welcome to, again, our second week of the series, No Fear. Um, get it? No? And no fear? Get it? That was rather creative. Go with it. All right. Um, 
So a couple of uh, things that we want to do. We want to lift up some prayers today. I have a couple of prayer concerns that are here. Um, for graduates, uh, a safe week and celebrations. For Nancy, unspoken prayers. Um, for uh, Bill and Donna, traveling mercies. And uh, also prayers for um, our church here, Haven Church. Um, and prayers that we're getting back to some kind of normalcy somewhere. That's good. Um, uh, also, prayers for my friend Hessel. His, um, his mom did pass away. I don't know whether I mentioned that last week. And she'll have her funeral service toward the end. And my other friend Paul, his mom, we had her celebration and service um, this past week. If you um, didn't get any of the prayer requests down, you can do so online um, at havencc.org. Or you can go to our Facebook page. We can go ahead and connect you there. Um, and or um, also we have some other things that you can go ahead and do. You can fill out. By paper here, we can do that, right, paper, um, and we can uh, share those that way. But we want to make sure those get out. So if there's any other prayer requests, please go ahead and do so. Um, a couple of joys this week. It's Elijah's 22nd birthday, right? It's Emma Gale's 21st birthday. And Melissa's thrilled because she's been able to spend 25 years with us. Lucky her, right? I was four when we got married, but that's good. Um, but yeah, so, um, so we have a lot of celebrations this week. So we ask that you guys continue to be with that, continue to be in prayer for me and my family, particularly me. And then as uh, we keep going forward and God moves in uh, very interesting ways and other people move in other ways, all right? So that's good stuff. Um, so let's go to learn prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us here today. We thank you for your presence that has always been with us. Regardless of what's going on in the world, we know that you are ever present and your strength um, and your spirit guides us. So God, as we um, come to this time today, we want to lift up the many prayer requests that were given here on our, um, on our sheet, particularly for those high school graduates and other graduates, um, for unspoken prayers and traveling mercies, for our church and, and um, other churches that are co- uh, helping people connect to you. We give you praise for birthdays and anniversaries, for those who are experiencing loss and, um, and also joys of marriage and other things. Whatever it may be, God, we give you praise for who you are. We thank you that, um, that uh, as the... Um, as those two songs that we sang today uh, so, so boldly uh, and, and honestly uh, tell us, the, the really cool things is that, God, um, you go before us and you're behind us. You surround us. Um, the battle is yours. And um, how great, God, that you go ahead and take those areas that seem to be dead in our life and you bring new life. And for that, we give you praise. And we put all of our trust and hope in you. And for that, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, everybody says... Amen. Amen. Very good. Um, okay, so we do have some um, announcements that we have this week. Um, here's the one announcement. No more registration. Um, so there you go. And uh, I thought you guys would be a lot more excited about it than that. Um, I know the people who were putting together the registration sheets are much more excited about that um, and all that kind of good things there. Um, and so, um, but we're, we're glad for that. But still, keep in mind, um, as we get back uh, up, and, up and running fully, more fully, that, um, again, there's areas that you can serve if you'd like to um, in the uh, children's ministry, uh, uh, Haven's uh, Kids Ministry, if you want to go ahead and connect with that. I know that um, they would love 
to have you there. Uh, it's so great to hear people reacting to kids screaming. I love it. It's awesome. Because uh, for a while, the only person that was screaming was me, Melinda, and Jim, and Danny occasionally, all right? Danny screams all the time, but that's okay. Uh, but, uh, but no, that's, that, but it's just really good to kind of come back um, to where we are when we thought, like, a year ago, where were we? So that's, that's really good uh, to do. So we're excited about those things. Uh, the baby bottle drive, if, um, again, on... Uh, on Mother's Day, we went ahead and we took the um, baby bottles and you fill them up, change money, whatever you want. And then we're going to collect those on Father's Day, uh, which is next week. Okay, so Father's Day. So if you didn't get one, you can take it today. Uh, fill, change, do laundry. You'll find some, whatever. Um, and, and you can also, uh, sorry, that's right. You can also give online if you just want to give to the, uh, what, virtual baby bottle. That works. We can do that as well. Um, so that's some of the other things. Youth group is joining uh, weekly after church. And Paris Foundation next week um, are looking for 60 dinner bags. How are we? Need about 30, and you guys are awesome. So if you want to help with that, please go ahead and connect and, and go ahead and do that. And the drop-off will be at, um, at where the Paris Foundation is now. Um, and uh, that is at four, between 4 and 4.15 next week. Okay? Sound good? All right, several things. Up here we have, um, like a lot of people, um, we've gone to, uh, we, have, we have some paper bulletins, but if you want, we have our bulletin that follows along, uh, has the blanks and everything. You can um, enjoy that, and you just go ahead, pull out your camera, go ahead, hold it up there, and then it'll, um, it'll lead you to a, a spot, and then you can go ahead and download that. You guys like that? Pretty cool? So other people like it, and you can save it and have it and whatever else. So uh, that is there. All right. So um, again, uh, just to give you um, ne- uh, some, uh, some other things, today we're going to talk about uh, fear of failure. And, um, and next week, uh, next week we're going to talk about fear of closeness. Okay, so uh, for those of you who are sitting around nobody, uh, you really need to be here next week. Um, but, but that's a big one this year, right? <laughs> that's a big one uh, over this year because of social distancing and everything else. But we're going to talk about this. All right, so how many have ever heard this in your head? I'm afraid to try. Why bother? You'll fail. It'll never work. You don't have what it takes. You know, you're going to flunk if you try this. You'll fail like you always did again and again. That's a stupid idea. That's a really stupid idea. That's an incredibly stupid idea. You're going to fail. You don't have what it takes. You're not enough. You're always going to fail. Don't even try. That's just so dumb. Don't even bother because you're just going to lead to disappointment anyway. Have you ever heard anything like that in your head? All right. Well, we are welcome to week two in our series called No Fear. And today we are talking about a fear of failure. And so with this, um, our key verse, let's take a look at our key verse. It comes from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Fear does not come from God. God wants to replace our fear with faith. And um, we know right here that God has not given us a spirit of fear. So I have something for you today, and I really believe that God put this on my heart um, for you right here at this moment. I believe that some of you will hear the word of God in a way that you never ever have before. I believe that the Holy Spirit will touch your life in a way that you will surrender your life to the, to the Lordship of Jesus, maybe like you never have before, or never have before. Um, and your entire life will be transformed by what you hear, what God says to you today. 
Others, your life is in a little bit of disarray, a little bit of chaos. Um, and God is calling you to take a step of faith. And he will, I believe he's going to stir the faith in you to bring radical obedience. Others, you're going to take a step of faith out of your comfort zone into a world of faith. Without God, you will certainly fail, but with the presence of God, you will succeed. But at the same time, as I agree to these things and I believe these things, I also believe that um, as you take a step of faith, right there, Satan is right next to you, and he will be trying to take you out of what you're doing by tapping into one of the greatest fears, the fear of failure. And he will say, you're not good enough. You don't measure up. What if they really find out who you are? What if you try and once again fail? Why will he tap into this fear? If you're taking this, these notes today, here's what I want to tell you. Because everyone that I know, everyone on the face of the earth, fears failure at some level. There's some level of failure that we tend to fear. Every single one of us does not. Anybody here say, man, I love failing in life. I really love doing that. I, I love doing that. Well, um, most, um, most gazillionaires, um, that's what I'm going to call them, uh, uh, multimillionaires, billionaires, most of them have said that, there was, that it only takes one success, but they learn so much in most of their failures. Most of them have said they have failed more than ever than anybody else, but that one success is what made the difference. And they've said several times, it's consistent across the board, that the, those who are the most successful are also the ones who have failed the most. And they said early on, they, they, they didn't learn to fail. One of the, um, the neatest people I've ever seen is um, Esther Cathy from Chick-fil-A fame. Um, and he, he tells an interesting story um, about when he, his, his brother and he had a restaurant. He was in the hospital. His brother um, died and he was in the hospital, bankrupt, not knowing what to do. And the idea for a chicken sandwich came to his head, to his mind. In the hospital. Anybody want a trip to the hospital, come up with that idea? That's a pretty darn good, tasty idea, am I right? Um, particularly the, the spicy sandwich, uh, you know. But um, now you guys are like, darn it, it's Sunday, I can't go get one. Um, but that's how, that's how it works. Um, so out of failure... Is, is birth new life, and there's some really cool things. So every single one of us fears failure, but the good news is that God has not given us a spirit of fear, and he will help us overcome even that spirit of failure. So let's start with an understanding. Um, number one, giving in to this fear, this fear of failure, will cost us more than we can ever realize. And Jesus told this really awesome parable in the scriptures. A parable is just basically a story to help people understand things better. And he told this story about a guy. He was known then as a master. He's the boss. He's, he's the head of everything. And he basically is saying, hey, guess what? I'm going away for a while. And he calls three of his servants, or, or we'll put it in context today, three of his workers and says, hey, I want you to take care of everything that I have. So here's what he did. To one guy, he gave five talents. Now, talents isn't like he taught him how to tap dance. Talent is money, all right? So it's, it's, it's a sum of money. So he said, hey, I'm going to give you, I'm gonna give you these, um, these uh, where is it here, five talents. Here you go, and I want you to take that. To another one, he gave two talents, all right? And he said, here, take this and have that. To the third guy, he gave one talent. And said, okay. And he said, so basically, I'm going to be gone for a while. Take care of my business. So he leaves and he goes off. And the first two guys, the one with five and one, two, says, hmm, 
what are we going to do? Well, I want to go ahead and do something awesome with this. So they both invested it, and they both put it to practice, and they doubled it. So when they came back, when he comes back, he said, hey, what did you do? And the one person says, hey, I went ahead, and I took the five, and I doubled it, and I gave you ten. He said, awesome. Next person said, hey, I went ahead, I doubled it, and I, I got those. So the third guy, what did he do? He was afraid of failure. Like many of us, he was so afraid. He was paralyzed with the fear or the potential of failing that he didn't do anything. And he decided to play it safe decided to dig a hole and take the one talent and bury it in the ground. So, when the master comes back, here's what happens. The man who received the one talent came and said, and, and said, Master, he said, I knew you are a hard man. So what's he afraid of? He's afraid of the master. He's difficult. He's, anybody have a difficult boss? Anybody is a difficult boss? So, anybody afraid of you? Okay, so that might... That might be what it is. So you're afraid of something happening there. So he says, I knew that you were a hard man. So I was what? Afraid. And I went out and I hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. You can almost hear him excited about what's going on. Yeah, look, I didn't lose anything. Here you go. I saved it for you. But here's quite the opposite of what happens here. Look at what the master says here. He says, you wicked, lazy servant. Take the talent, and he took the talent from him and gave to the one who has 10 talents. Took the one from him and gave to the one who has 10 talents. That's an interesting story, isn't it? The, the people who had more and were entrusted with more went ahead and, said, and risked more and got more. The one who had little was so afraid of losing that one thing that he hid it and thought, whew, at least I'll save what I have and he'll be happy. But the servant, the master was, wow, how wicked you are. The fear of failure paralyzed this guy. That which he guarded, he ended up losing in the end. Remember, God has given us not a spirit of fear, but of power. You know, there's a story of a guy who owned a lot of monkeys. And anyone who owns a lot of monkeys has to do unusual things, don't you think? Anybody know anybody who's owned a monkey? Anybody? All right. Somebody, maybe one yelling back there. They do. I don't know. Um, but one day he decided he took four monkeys and he locked them in a room and he took a giant stalk and put it in the middle and up top he put a bushel of bananas at the top of the stalk to do a little experiment. So four little monkeys were in the room. One little monkey looked up and what do you think he did? He saw the bananas. So he went, oh, ah! Sorry, that's pretty good, right? Um, he started shimmying up this, this, this stalk, you know, to get up there and get it. And just as he got there, the owner blasted him with cold water from a hose. The monkey tried again, blasted him again. You know, right like that, did that. So he kind of went to the side. The second little monkey decided to go up and try to get bananas as well. And so he starts jimmying up, right? And he gets up there and the owner sprays him. And after several times, ah, he took, takes off and just decided it was not worth going up to get the bananas. So he stopped trying. This happened with, with all these different monkeys after a while. So one day the owner took one of the monkeys out and brought in a new monkey. This owner needs some other hobby, don't you think? I think. But, but the new monkey did what? 
saw the bananas. And the new monkey started to climb the stalk. And what do you think happened? No, the other three monkeys grabbed him and pulled him down. Said, don't even go there. Don't even. And he had no clue what the rules were. Didn't have a clue what was going on there. But he tried again. They pulled him down until the point that he just decided, okay, I'm not going to go that way. He had no clue. And then all four of the monkeys didn't, didn't do it. Well, then he decided to replace the other three and put them in there. And guess what? Not one of the monkeys tried to get the bananas because everyone was afraid to try. Here's a promise that, that we have. Whenever you sense God calling you to take a step of faith, to take a risk, you can be assured, you can guarantee it that people, often sometimes the people that are closest to you, the people that you love and love you, will tell you it's not worth the work and it'll fail. They will encourage you with words like, it'll never work. You can't possibly do that. You're no good. You failed the last time. Do you know how many people have failed at doing that? I tried that before, and it failed. So what makes you think you're going to do that? That's a stupid idea. You might as well give up. And -and so-and-so, don't you love those? So-and-so says there's no way you should ever try that. Don't you love when people say, you know, people are saying, or they say, and I'm like, who are they? You know them. Who are they, right? Um, But they got a lot of clout, I guess. They'll, They'll just tell you not to even try. What I want to say to you is this. Please don't let someone else's failure or someone else's fear make a monkey out of you. Don't let someone else's past or their hesitation talk you out of doing what God has called you to do. I I have admitted several times that probably this is one of my biggest fears in my whole entire life. Um, Growing up was always the fear of failure, and it still hits me often. Um, I've had times that I was so afraid that I would fail in areas that often it, 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 it paralyzed me in areas, and it's pursued me in every area of my life um, in, in time and time again at some time or another, whether it's, um, whether it's work, whether it's uh, friendships, whether it's sports, whether it's marriage, whether it's parenting, whatever it may be. I mean, when Jacob was first born, I was scared to death about failing him. And I still am scared to death every day of failing my children. Every day. That's one of the biggest fears I ever have, of failing them. Um, so, so I have those, and it, and it rears its ugly head time and time again. Even in starting this church, as I was, you know, many of you have heard this, heard things a, a long time, um, but even in starting this church, I had the name and the logo, the original logo, for Haven Community Church a year and a half before the church ever came near to starting. Uh, God gave it to me while I was cutting a grass on a lawnmower. Um, and, and then I went through this whole process. And you know what? During that process, I had some really awesome people who loved me who said, why are you going to do that? Oh, you know, you've you got a good job. You, you just go with it. Why, you know, do you know that most church starts fail within the first four years? I had a superintendent that says, you know, why, why are you doing this when you, you got a good career ahead of you? Because, you know, it'll probably fail. That's what I was told. Nice encouragement, right? Um, I, had, I had people saying, but you have a young family. You just have a new baby right there. What, what, what in the world are you doing that for? What, what's going to happen if it fails? What, what are you going to do if it fails? And I kept, kept feeling that, that fear of failure, feel failure come up feel failure. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And what was the only reason 
what were some of the things I was afraid of? The only reason why it held me that year and a half was because I was afraid, afraid of failing. What if nobody shows up? Was something I said. What if they don't like me? Which that's probably the least one because I'm likable. Um, but um, not really. Um, what if nobody gives any money and I can't feed my family? I remember the first offering was like $400. And I remember Wayne, our worship leader, was like there. And we had, we had several people in our, and some of you probably were there, I think, um, in my house. And, and the, we, had, we fixed breakfast, right? We had breakfast for people. Um, and we were there, and all of a sudden, and Wayne's like, oh, $400. And I'm like, oh, yeah, $400. Woo, that'll go a long way. You know, I mean, that was in my mind. I was like, oh, gosh. And then I had, I had an organization that was going to help fund me. And I was like, okay, I'll go here, and, I'll, and they'll help. And guess what? They went, as soon as we started, they said, oh, that, wasn't, that was just a number. I was like, that was just food on the plate. So that was there constantly. What if this fails? And it was fear, a failure that paralyzed me. And this is exactly where some of you are living at the moment. You know there's something that God wants you to do, that he's called you to do, and you're afraid it's not going to work out. But remember, God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you one of power and a sound mind. So what is it for you? What is the thing that causes you to be afraid? God um, may have given you a vision to start a business, but you're afraid. What if the financing doesn't come through? What if it doesn't work out so you hesitate? You may even want to be married, and you've been burned by past relationships, so you're afraid to try again because you know you can't trust people. They'll get you in the end. This is too dangerous. I don't want to try. I don't want to be hurt again. Or maybe God is calling you to give biblically of your time, talents, and your gifts, and you say, no, I'm afraid because I don't have as much time now. I don't have as much finances. I don't have, a, I don't have that. I'm not that good in those areas. And, and I'm good. I, I can take care of that stuff at home, but not, not for church. Or maybe God's calling you to be a spiritual leader of your family, but you hesitate and you say, what if I don't know enough to do it? What if I pray wrong? What if I teach the Bible when it doesn't work out? Or maybe some of you have been hurt and, and you're so broken that you say, I, I, I don't even want to give God a chance right now. Or I don't even want to let down and love anybody else because I'm, I'm, I'm so afraid of getting hurt. So you don't take a chance again. Maybe God has birthed in your, your mind and your heart the idea of starting a ministry, starting a small group, and you hesitate because you're not sure if your house is nice enough or you don't know enough about the Bible. And so that ministry goes unfulfilled and you're afraid to take a risk. Every single one of us feels failure, but God has not given us the spirit of feel, fear. So how do we overcome the spirit of failure? I'm going to give you three biblical principles today, and here we go. Are you ready? All right. Tray tables up in the upright leg position. Put your seatbelts on. Take off. All right. Here's number one. You will fail. Have a great day. (laughs) All right. That is a great biblical. You are going to fail. Look to the person you feel good about, like might be across the room that you don't want to pass germs and say, if you need to mouth it, go, you. Okay, go ahead and tell them. Go ahead, tell them. You will fail. You will fail. Everybody, join with me. I will fail. How's that feel? There you go. You need to write this down and embrace this because unless your name is Jesus or unless you don't try anything, you will fail. Don't fear it. Embrace it and grow to success. 
James chapter 3, and that's pretty good because that's James' brother, Jesus. He says this. That's Jesus' brother, James. He said, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. How y'all doing with that? You know what? How many of you have ever tried to work out and get healthy? And then that ice cream comes to the table. Anybody a perfect man or woman? Uh-uh. You get your whole body in check? Or somebody does something, somebody cuts you off on the road? Mm-hmm. You forget who's in the car? Your mother-in-law-to-be, and you just, boom. I was just blessing them, right? You just say something like we can't even keep our own selves in check. So what makes us think that if we try to do something else out here that we're not going to fail? We fail every day with this body and the things that we take care of it and things that we do time and time again. We all stumble. James says we're all going to fail unless you try anything new. Get ready for it. There have been several times in my life when, you know, like I've, I've failed at something and I, and I've, I've tried something, and, you know, I mean, and, and a lot of times when you get to those points, it's like you try it, and you go ahead, and then all of a sudden you hear that, man, why did you even try, you loser? Um, why, did you, why, did you, why did you do that? You're no good. I mean, like I remember when I really decided to get healthy, and I hired that trainer, that massive muscle guy, um, and, and I hired him, and I, I remember I went in, and, and right afterwards, we went and ate like a big meal, because I was like, if I got to eat rice, brown rice and chicken every day, I'm going to go ahead and do that, and the thing was, because I had tried different things before, I tried the fat-free diet, I tried the Atkins and all that kind of stuff, you know, I tried whatever those South Beach and that like you eat a cow and nothing else, no bread with it, you know, I mean, it's pretty much like that, you know, um, but Darn it, somebody brings pasta to the table. How can, you know, I mean, pizza, it's like manna from heaven. You know what I mean? And, and so how do, you, how do you do that? So finally I found this guy, and I remember sitting down and I said, I love pizza. He said, once a, once a week you can eat all you want of it. I'm like, ooh, like that. So, so then it was just, it started this process where I started to say, okay, I want to I I do it. And I had other people who were like, I didn't think you were going to do that. You know, I didn't think that was going to work for you. And, and so, and you know, but there are times where it doesn't work for me. You know, after like years and years of brown rice and chicken and brown rice and whatever, you can mix it with brown rice, you throw in some quinoa, you're like, oh, these little things are cool. What are they? I don't know what quinoa is, but I'll eat it. And, you know, you're like this. And then you tell yourself a rice cake is as good as, as like a, a, a ho-ho or ding-dong or Twinkie. No, it's not. It's not. Right? Anybody said, give me a rice cake rather than a Twinkie? No one. If you are, something's wrong with you, all right? But if we go back to our previous series two ago, it is about the transforming of our mind because the strongholds are set up in our life to tell us we are going to fail. But more importantly than telling us it's going to fail, it tells us we are failures. And whether we fail at something or not, it does not mean we are what, what happens to us. We are not a failure just because we fail. But that's Satan right there. A lot of times Satan will say, go ahead and do it, because he knows our mind and our commitment's not there. And then when we fail, he says, told you you're a failure. And it breaks us, and it has us in a, in a position where we don't know what to do. Write down and embrace this thought as well. When you do fail, allow yourself to feel disappointment, but not disapproval. When you fail, allow yourself to feel disappointment, 
darn it, but not disapproval. Just because you failed at something, you're not a failure, as I just said. You may have failed financially. That doesn't mean you are a failure. You may have had a relationship go sour and fail. That does not mean you are a failure. Failure, the second thing is, failure is an event, not a person. Failure is an event, never a person. I will argue that not only will you fail, but there are times where God will allow you to fail because he knows that through failure, he can do something in you that he couldn't do otherwise. You say, okay, Jack, where's that? And we're going to go to somebody named Simon Peter. Anybody know him? Okay. What's he best known for? So we look at him. If, if you're Catholic, you look at him as the first pope, right? Um, my, my, my Catholic brothers and sisters, all right? If you're that way, he's the first pope. If you're Protestant, you say, he is the rock that Jesus built the church on. He's rocky, yo, right? And that's who he is. And he was, he was that success. And he's the one that Jesus said, I'll build my church on you. Yeah. Right? What else is he known for? Failing big time. Exactly. Failing big time. Peter was full of himself. He was, he was so full of himself. He was cocky. He said, Jesus, I'm your man. Everybody else is going to fall away. But guess what? Yeah, yo, I'm Rocky. I'll take somebody out for you, Jesus. That's how he was. He was always open in mouth, insert foot. And what happened? Here's what happened. When Jesus was captured, Peter, right outside in, in, in the courtyard around a fire, has three different people. One's a little girl. He's afraid of a little girl. Hey, aren't you with him? He's like, no, shut up. Somebody else says, no. He starts cussing. Ah, another guy. Ah. Right? Three times he did that. He cursed Jesus. Three times. When just a few hours early, he's like, hey, yo, nobody, hey, right? But because of a little girl and a couple other people, his fear grabbed hold of him. And after he heard the rooster crow, he wept because he failed. What did Jesus do? Well, the risen Christ saw them. Peter jumps in the water, puts his clothes on and jumps in the water. That's really odd, but he does it. He swims up to shore, drags the boat on, and he's like all dripping wet, sees Jesus. And then Jesus decides to have a, you know, cook a little fish for him. And um, they're sitting there talking, and then all of a sudden, Jesus looks at Peter, and he says, Hey, hey uh, Simon, son of John, which is interesting because Jesus named him Peter before. But he went back to Simon to bring him back to the rock that he needed him to be. And he said, Hey, hey Simon, son of John, do, do you love me? And in, in, that, in that agape love, that unconditional love, love that God has for us. And he just said, yeah, I love you, man. Filial. From the feet of sheep. And then he says, hey, 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 yo, Simon, son, son John, do you love me? Yeah, I just told you, man, I love you. Love you, man. And Jesus the third time says, do you love me, man? And he says, Lord, you know all things. And you know I love you. At that moment, I bet you Simon Peter was like, gosh, I failed you. And Jesus said, yeah, you're right. You're going to feed my sheep, feed my lambs. You're going to take care of them all. And guess what? And because of your love for me, your unconditional love for me that you will grow to, that failure is going to keep you in so strong that you're going to die for me. But you're going to live for me too. If it wasn't for that failure that Peter had, he would have never been the person that 
that went ahead on the day of Pentecost, which we talked about. That he was that guy who failed temp- temporarily, but he was the guy who... On Pentecost, when the spirit fell that we talked about a couple years ago, he stood up and said, hey, here's what this is about. And 3,000 people changed their life around and began to follow Jesus. He birthed, helped birth the New Testament church that day. 3,000 people came into the kingdom, and the New Testament church was, was birthed by somebody who had failed just a, couple, just a month or so earlier. Because he learned, just because you fail at something does not mean you're a failure. You will fail, and it's part of the growing process towards success. Every single area of success that I have followed has been on the tail of a failure, a big one. God taught me something through all these failures to lead me toward his perfect plan of success. So thought number one is don't be afraid, you will fail. Romans chapter 5, verse 3, here's what it says right here. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. How many are like, whoa, yes, problem and trial, yes, Oh, excuse me, could I get, God, could I, God, I want to pray to you today. I hope that before I go to bed, you give me 10 more problems and trials today because this year's not been crappy enough, <laughs> right? Anybody pray that? I'm not. I'm so tired of those two things in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm at the point now, I don't even want to say, what's next? Because it's coming. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, one time, I went to, it, it's so crazy. One time, a couple of weeks ago, I stood out on the deck. Melissa and I was sitting there, and she goes, what? I said, I just feel like another shoe's coming. I feel like there's an octopus up there, you know, with all these feet. But we can rejoice in problems and child because we know that they're good for us. Excuse me, God. For they help us learn to endure. And that is true. Because I'm going to tell you, those problems and and trials are only good for us if we are in Christ Jesus. Because without them, we can't stand. Without them, we can't make it to the next point in life. It's only through Jesus that we can endure what is headed our way. When we hit a wall, when we fail, when we have problems and roadblocks, we can rejoice because we know that they are good for us because they are doing something in us. So don't fear it. Thought number two, not only are you going to fail, but here's the good news, you can overcome. So you're going to fail, but you can overcome. Why? How? Here, let's use God's word again. By the power of the Holy Spirit, by the blood of the Lamb, that's Jesus, and the words of your testimony. That's how you overcome. So let me tell you, you overcome, by Jesus and his sacrifice, through the Holy Spirit empowering you, and through the words of your testimony. I can share with you time after time, and challenge after challenge, and and struggle after struggle, and I hate every one of them as I'm going through it. I'm like, God, you know, the neighbor's up the road, you can hit them for a while, all right? Um, But I can tell you that through each of those, God gives me a new testimony of his goodness. Even in the midst of it, even in the midst of it, he gives a new testimony. And just having people pray for me over the last few weeks for for something specific that nobody knows, it's interesting to hear the words that God has given them to say to me that are very specific. And God's like, you, nobody knows, but I know. So stand, stand. You can endure, you can endure, you can endure. Why? Through the Holy Spirit, through the blood of the Lamb, and through the words of your testimony. Proverbs 24 says this. Here we go. 
uh, for though a righteous man falls, how many times? Seven times he rises again. Okay? So what happens when we get knocked down? What do we do? We stand back. We stand back up. We rise again. We stumble, fall. What do we do? We get back up again. We fall. What do we do? We get back up. When I get down, what do I do? It reminded me of a song. Melinda? I get knocked down. Right? No, thump, thump it, right? Okay, some of you are wondering what in the world was that? I'm going to tell you, it was chumba wumba. Tub thumping. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? I see the smiles on some people, and I see other people like, what in the heck is that? So, so because of that, I know that some of you are too old to know that song, so I'm going to help you out. And here's another one for people 40s, late 40s and up. Here you go. The bulls wobble, but they don't fall down. There you go. All right. <laughs> now, the younger people are like, what the heck was that? So if you laughed, but everyone you laughed at or smiled at, that tells you how old you are. If you laughed at the first one, you're like, whew, I'm still young. If you're like, if you laughed at the other one, you're like, pretty old, okay? Uh, Weeble Wobbles, ask your parents. Okay. All right. So what I'm saying is this. When you get knocked down, you get back up again. You may wobble, but you pop back up again, but you don't fall down. This is what we're supposed to do according to Proverbs chapter 16 right here. If I get knocked down again, but I get back up, never going to keep me down. Not going to happen. Denzel Washington, who I think is one of the best actors of all time, um, and when he was giving his, um, he's a believer, but he also, he was giving his speech after accepting the, um, the award for the best actor. And he, he talked about there's no this or that without, without working. He said, keep working. Keep striving. Never give up. And then he says, fall down seven times, get up eight. Without commitment, you'll never start. But more importantly, without consistency, you'll never finish. Ease is the greater threat to progress than hardship. Ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship. So keep moving. Keep growing. Keep learning. See you at work, is what he said. So let's do this right now. I want to redefine failure. And here's how I'm, I'm beginning to learn or trying to learn to define it. Failure is the price that I pay on the road to God's success. So let me say that again because I don't have that. That's, that's extra. It's not in your, your bulletin. Um, and some of you don't have it anyway because you didn't do this. Uh, but failure is the price that I pay on the road to God's success. So there's a story of a guy who taught, uh, a professor who taught a pottery class. And Early in the year, every, every semester, early in his class, he would do an assignment that would help his students, not only in the class, but in so many other areas. So he'd take the class, and he would divide them in two, in two equal groups. And group A, he would say, for the next three hours, I want you to focus on quantity. I want you to make 100 clay pots. Just make 100 clay pots. Group B, you're going to focus on quality. And your goal is, in the next three hours, I want you to make one clay pot. So I want you to make the best clay pot so that it's the greatest. And say, on your mark, get set, go. And they would go. And every year, in every class, the teacher proved a point. And at the end of the time, they'd say, time. 
And we go ahead and group B, always focused, the ones focused on the quality, made this one pot. Group A, those who focused on quantity, would make at least 100, if not more. And group A would always have about 10 or 12 that were better than the one pot that the other people made. And the students would say, well, why in the world, why did that happen? And the professor said this, one of the biggest mistakes that we ever make is we overanalyze, we overprepare, we work on things in committee, and we are so hesitant to risk failure. Talking to group A, he'd say, you made your first pot, and I got to tell you, it was hideous. And your second pot wasn't much better. Your third one was not very good. But each time you learned something. And each time you did a little bit more and you got a little bit better. So as you were going along, you weren't just doing quantity. Your quality improved as well. And he said, before long, you were learning so much that the quality of your work improved. And you succeeded because you didn't feel failure anymore. So What was he saying to them? Get in there. Mix it up. Let some things happen. Don't be afraid of failing. Just because you fail something, don't give up. You can't overcome. Galatians 6, 9 says this. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up. So write this down. Do not focus on what happens to you. Focus on what is happening in you. God may be doing something in you to prepare you for what he wants to do through you. Thought number one, you will fail. Thought number two, you can overcome. Thought number three, in order to please God, you must take faith risks. Hebrews eleven sixteen says this, help me out here. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God without faith. Um, without faith, without stepping out of our comfort zone into the land of faith, it is completely and absolutely impossible to please God. You can't play it safe. What that tells me is you can't play it safe and please God. We all live in a time where we want to know everything, don't we? If we, you know, remember when we actually had to be smart to remember phone numbers? You remember when we actually had to go to people uh, who we thought were intelligent to give us trivia? And now what do we do? Hey, Siri. Alexa, what is Google, right? We don't have to think of anything much anymore. We just can figure it out like that. And many of us want our lives figured out like that. We want to say, okay, hey, Google, or we, we kind of approach God like that. Hey, Goggle, can you go ahead and, and kind of tell me what my life's going to be like in five years? And he's like, hey, hey, Goggle, this uh, trial and situation, what do you, he's like, and we keep wanting to know every little thing that, that happens, and we want it all figured out. But faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Well, let me put it in modern language. Faith is being sure of what we cannot search and certain of what Google doesn't tell us. Right? We need to be able to trust in God. I've, I've had some incredible conversations with atheists before, and I say, you know, we're just on different, different sides of this. And they say, what do you mean? I said, you say you don't believe in God. I say I do. Ultimately, we're both taking a step of faith because you 100% can't prove to me that God does not exist. And I can't 100% prove that God exists to you, but I can say 
in my life I've seen him displayed. And you're saying basically you haven't. Um, I just, I took a step of faith. We're both taking a step of faith in an area. Like you guys took a step of faith coming in here that the lights were going to be on today. You took a step of faith that I was going to be here. You took a step of faith that you got in your car and it would start. You ever had that step of faith when you got in and your car failed you? You know, you found out you took a step of faith, sat in there and turned the key or you hit the button or you pushed something or you said, voila, and it turned on. You know what I mean? We take steps of faith in everything in our lives. And when they don't work, then we get upset about it. God has called us to just take a step of faith. And sometimes um, part, of, part of being successful in life is as the great uh, religious uh, believer and philosopher Soren Kierkegaard, which is such a cool name, Soren Kierkegaard, said that one of the biggest things and the most areas of success in our lives is that we take that leap of faith. It's like if I was going to jump from here to Debbie, all right? If I'm going, there is no way this chunky dude can get there. (laughs) Then my success has dropped by ton. If I said, I am going to fly like Superman to her, (laughs) watch, I have a better chance. They've proven that I actually have a higher success rate by doing so because I believe in it. And so whatever it is that God's calling you to or whatever's going on in your life with God, just believe and don't play it safe, but take that leap. Another example from the New Testament, a guy named Simon Peter. Hey, he's, he's a big one. Now, I've always loved the story of Peter walking on the water. You know what I mean? Jesus, Jesus tells them, you know, hey, go on over. I'll catch up with you. I don't know how they thought he was going to catch up, maybe a rowboat. I don't know. But he said, go on. And then in the middle of the night, Jesus is like, doo-doo-doo, he's walking on the water. And they went, ah, it's a ghost. And he says, no, it's me. And then... They say, well, if it's you, tell us to come out. And Jesus said, come on. Now, I have heard this story time and time again, and Peter gets out of the boat, and he starts walking on the water. He's like, ooh, yeah. And then it says he saw the wind and the waves, took his eyes off of Jesus, and he started to sink. Help me, Lord, right? And I have heard a billion sermons from pastors who say, Peter failed because he took his eyes off of Jesus. Peter did not fail. The other 11 failed. Because if you read the scripture, you can say, hey, Simon, come on out. He said, come on. Every single one of them could have gotten out of the boat and walked on water, but only one did. And we have been beating him up for 2,000 years when he's the only sucker who got out of the boat. He had some failure, but for the rest of his life, his, people say, man, remember a time when Jesus walked on water? And Peter goes, I do. He's the only other person that walked on water. Yeah, it was because of Jesus, but everybody else had the opportunity. Right now, God is calling every one of us to get out of the boat and walk on water. But because of fear, we are sitting in the boat and and not letting anything happen. And we're beating up the people who actually get out of the boat and start to sink and call them failures. When we just sit in the boat the whole time, not doing what God's called us to do. I love the fact that Simon Peter is me and you. So many times, so many times, and for so long, I have struggled with probably one of the greatest fears of my life has been a fear of failure. Fear of letting people down, fear of not being enough, fear of people, um, you know, making me look bad, fear of, uh, fear of people. Um, I, like, I remember mom kind of always told us, don't do anything that would embarrass us. Anybody get that one? 
So always living in fear that you're going to embarrass them, even to this day. Um, and so that's been a fear of mine. And I will tell you that Satan loves to attack those areas all the time. And I've worked hard in my life to try to be somebody that, that, you, that you can say a lot about and you can do a lot too, but I'm, I'm somebody who, who ultimately loves people and would do what I could to help somebody and, and, and love the Lord. So for some time, you may be like me, that you may say, your greatest fear is failure. And if you let it overtake you, it will cost you more than you can ever imagine. But your greatest fear may be failure. But the problem is, your greatest fear of failure will lead to your greatest pain, which is regret. You never want to in your life say or think, what, man, I wonder what should have been. I wonder what could, if that could have been. I wonder if, if I hadn't been afraid, what would have happened? In Acts 5, Peter is again preaching. He got beat up. He got thrown in jail. He got out. He preached again. He got beat up. He got thrown in jail. I get knocked down and I get up again. Weebles wobble, right? Here's where he's doing. And the Sanhedrin brought him up and they said, we've got to stop these guys and his buddies. They're out of control. And there's a very wise Pharisee. He was one of the Jewish leaders. His name was Gamaliel. And he stepped forward and he gave this speech. And this is in Acts chapter 5. And he says this, Therefore, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, what will happen? It will fail. But if it's from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. Take a step of faith. Get out of the boat. Believe God. Take a risk. If it's your own idea, and if it's your own strength, you're going to sink a little bit. And then God will help you overcome. If it's of God, there is no individual or nothing that will ever be able to stop it. I was thinking when my kids were younger, um, whether it was at the pool or, or a pool or whether it was... Um, whether it was like on the couch, and we wrestle. And, you know, I remember like walking by the couch, and they just I, I all of a sudden be like, Rah! and they jump on my back. Anybody know this? Like they're just out of nowhere, like leaping off the top of the couch. You know, just do that. And, or you'd be walking by in the pool, and they just jump off, um, or a bed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Your kids do that? I'm thankful they aren't doing that now. Um, but... Um, but, you know, I, I was thinking about at times, and I don't know which one because there's so many, um, but I remember one time that I was saying, like, why did you, I was just walking by, and they ah, jumped on me, and I was like, why did you do that? And they, um, and they said this, um, they said, Daddy, because I knew you'd catch me. Some of you, God is calling you to leap off the couch, leap off the side of the pool, and know and believe with all your heart that God is in on this, and your daddy is going to catch you. So my question to you as we wind this down here today is this. What faith risk is God calling you to do? Failure will keep you locked up. It'll keep you paralyzed. What is, and this is, this is put up or shut up time. You know, the rest of the time is kind of, see, I have blanks on there. Oh, that's right. You didn't download it. Um, but I have blanks here. What faith risk is God calling you to? Blanks, blanks, blanks. I got a whole, I got, if, look, I got lots of blanks. See them? Okay, I will give you one. <laughs> Trust me. Hey, show them, Wes. Okay. Uh, 
What I'm saying is there's blanks there because I don't know what God's calling you to do. But I know it's more than we've been doing. I know it's definitely more than we've been doing the last year. I know it's definitely more than God's been, than God has uh, placed on my heart because we got to get away from the time where um, where the the preacher is the one who's hired to figure out what God wants him to do. We are the priesthood of all believers, and God has a call in your life. God wants you to get busy. God wants you to jump off, and he's going to catch you. And then just in case you do fall, you know, I was thinking sometimes when the kids would jump off the side of the pool, i just let them go in the water. You know, you ever taught, I taught, I taught all my kids how to swim. I taught every single one of them how to swim. And one of the things that I would do is they would get on the side of the water, and, they'd be, <laughs> and then I'd say, okay, push off. And they push off, and I get them. And then other times, and I always taught them to swim underwater first. Right? Remember that, guys? I taught you how to swim underwater first because it was easier. Because they were more afraid here. But when they had it in the water, and they knew how to manage through, through their heads being covered, that they could pull their head up occasionally, they felt safer, and they were more in control. And sometimes they, I say, push off, and then I keep backing up like this. And they get in deeper water. And you could tell when they felt like they were going to lose it. <laughs> I said, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And I go, <laughs> so many of us need to push off a little bit more. Push off a little bit more and a little bit more. And we may feel like at times we're like, <laughs> and God's going to go, I got gotcha. you. And we're going to get stronger each time. So then we can have the conversations where we're like, Daddy, hey, let's, have that. Let's, have, let's swim the whole pool and see if I can beat you. God's got a great plan for your life and for your ministry and for what he's called you to do. We just got to let him. We just got to surrender our lives to him. We've just got to let go and let God. And we've got to, to just say, okay, daddy, I'm leaping off the side and make a way. So I'd ask if you, if you go with me now, now let me get my guitar and we're going to go ahead and, and go into prayer. Let's pray. God, um, I just ask that you would speak to us in a way that only you can here today. And as we pray, I'm, I'm going to make the assumption today that, like me, everybody occasionally, if not often, fears failure. Deep down, I, I know that God is calling every person in here to take a risk. God, it may just be the risk to, to just trust you even if they feel like you've been, like you failed them. And God, there's other people here. You know that God is, is calling you to do something, but you've been afraid to try. But if you believe with all your heart that God is calling you, I want you to make a commitment to follow his voice and to take faith risks as God calls you. Lord, I know it's there and it, you may say, Lord, I know it's there and, it, and I've been hesitant. I've been fearing failure, but just say, God, I want to trust and follow your voice. And I trust you to take this step of faith. So people all over the place at the sound of my voice, just say, yes, I believe that God is calling me to step out of faith. And just, just have this prayer be part of your life. You say, Father, I ask that you would do a work in me that only you can do. And so God, speak clearly to us and we will respond. Replace fear with supernatural faith. Help us to please you by believing in you and trusting in you. And God, empower us to overcome the fear of failing. And that when I do fail, that God, 
you will help me overcome and I'll risk again. God, I pray that we would see our greatest failure, not as taking a risk of faith, but God, whenever we believe that you are calling and leading us, our answer to you is yes, and you will show us the way. You lead the way, Lord, and you empower us, God. We want to honor you. We want to serve you. We want to be with you. We don't want to be like that guy with the one talent that we just bury what you've given us. But God, that whatever you've given us, that we want to use for your kingdom and your glory. So I pray now that you would give us visions of what you want us to do. That we would follow you by taking faith risks as you empower us all here today to overcome the fear of faith. And we bind the enemy. We bind Satan and all his forces that are going to be right there saying, hey, guess what? I told you you'd fail. You shouldn't have even tried. God, I pray that we'll walk on water, that you're calling right now. Come on, get out of the boat. And God, right now, all around, all around the area, that wherever people are in the sound of my voice, that, that tootsies are getting wet, that people are walking in the water to you. So God, do have your way as we just surrender our lives to you and just pray that you would do a mighty work, that this would be a transformative day where people go ahead and say, you know what, I, I'm going to trust in God apart from failure. All right, I hear you. I may not be good enough. I may not be enough. I may be a failure. But guess what? I'm going to do that for the Lord, and I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and my testimony and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So God, pour out your Holy Spirit here today. Speak to us and help us not just leave that blank undone, but that, God, you will, you will have us fill it in this week. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you need prayer, people will be available for you.
Amen, everyone. Have a great week in Jesus. Next week, we're going to talk about the fear of closeness. And so um, I'll see you next week. Have a blessed week. God bless. See you.